Welcome to First in Maine, your avenue to living well. I'm Debs here with my amazing co-host Lauren to meet you in the busyness of your everyday life, to pass along some of the insights and wisdom we've gained over the years. Don't try to figure out life alone. We want to connect you to some of the incredible, well-rounded people in our world. They're life coaches, counselors, pastors, physicians, just amazing people who can help you along the way. Each episode, we'll be sharing sharing personal stories, practical help, and timeless principles to help you live at your best. So lean in and let's tackle life together. Hello and welcome back to First in Maine. We are so happy that you're here with us again because today we want to share with you a special gift for Christmas. Last episode, we shared a special recipe to bring to your Thanksgiving and really any holiday or special gathering. And today we wanted to share with you a Christmas gift. It's Christmas time. And at Christmas time, I feel like there are two types of people. One that's finished and wrapped all the Christmas gifts at Halloween, which by the way, is not me. (laughs) And then the other that is running around the week of Christmas trying to finish shopping, wrapping and all the other things that go along with the holiday. Maybe there are some people that are in the middle of those two, but no matter where you are, most of us have one thing in common. We are buying some gifts. (laughs) And truthfully, some people really love buying gifts for others, and they are really good at it. Like they put all their heart and soul into shopping and picking out gifts and then wrapping them with all the bows and ribbons. Come on, you know who you are. And then there are some people who just dread wrapping gifts. And they don't enjoy figuring out what to buy everyone or even spending the extra money. And I get it because I'm kind of a little bit of both. But what if we could give others and ourselves a very special gift that doesn't cost anything, doesn't have to be wrapped or even shipped out through the post office? Let's think about that for a minute. During the busyness of the holidays, the stress of shopping, the additional financial burden, blending families, decorating, and all the Christmas things, What if we could give and accept the gift of peace? Hmm. (laughs) Just the idea of that is making me smile. So let me ask you a couple questions that you can ask yourself. On a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being not at all and 10 being I'm crushing it, how would you rate the amount of peace you currently have in your life? Now let me ask you this. If you rated yourself low on that question, What is currently stealing your peace? And lastly, what do you need for you to feel more peace in your life? Joining me today to talk about all this, plus more, is our very special friend, Anika Murray. Hey, Lauren. Hey, Anika. I am so glad you're here with me today to talk about the gift of peace. The last time we recorded together was back in August or September, I think, and we talked about spiritual training. So it's been a while, and I'm glad to have you back here with me. I am so glad to be back. I love being at First in Maine and enjoy chatting with you, Lauren. I was just talking about gifting and how some people love to buy gifts and others loathe it. (laughs) And I had this thought. I hope this is okay with you, by the way. But I wanted to take a minute and suggest that if anyone needs a great stocking stuffer or a gift, maybe that's $15 and under, the book you wrote, Believe to See, is a really good choice. Now, I know you aren't here to talk about your book today, but your book would really make a great gift for anyone. 
Yes, and thank you. You said it first. I think it would be great for that person on your list who needs a little encouragement and a divine push to go after their dreams, even while waiting. Even if you're feeling stuck in your everyday routine and you need to figure things out for your next step, the book may help you as well. So just go to Amazon, grab a copy of Believe to See. Yes. Personally, my favorite chapter was chapter five, Anika. What do you see? It was such a great reminder of how we view things and how others may interpret the same things differently. I had to laugh when you wrote about your daughters. One said, look, mom, a flower garden. And then your other daughter said that it was a cemetery. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I like that chapter too. And it really was a cemetery. You know, it's a great (laughs) illustration of how we each see things through different lens. Our perspectives can sometimes be very different, even while looking at the same thing. Um, Just like you said earlier about Christmas, some people like to shop and give gifts and wrap them and others don't. Some people decorate for Christmas like Chevy Chase in the National Lampoon's Christmas. Uh, (laughs) Did I just date myself? And then there's others who are more of the Ebenezer Scrooge. You did not date yourself. I I like Chevy Chase. (laughs) So let me ask you. What is your perspective of Christmas? Do you love it? Do you do you wrap your gifts with bows and ribbons? Or do you just try and get it all done and do the minimum to get through the holiday? Okay, Lauren, I must admit, I'm one of those people who absolutely love Christmas more than just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite things to do is wrapping presents. <laughs> I do love a beautiful wrapped gift. But some years, I just want to throw my gifts in a bag with some tissue paper and just be done. (laughs) Okay, so I'm curious. What is Christmas like for y'all with five kids? Do you have like a certain amount of gifts you buy for each child? Um, Does Santa bring all the gifts? Do y'all do gifts? I mean, some people do like Christmas adventures or vacations or experiences instead. So what what do y'all do? Well, I call our Christmas organized chaos. (laughs) Uh, But I have to have a plan. That's just the person I am with my event planning and administrative background. So we do do gifts for all of the kids. From an early age, they knew gifts came from Jesus by way of mom and dad and some various generous grandparents. I'm an only child, so me and my mom do a bit of divide and conquer when it comes to gifts for the kids. And we use a list. But aside from gifts, we try to make it special by spending quality time together. And I plan family activities for the week leading up to Christmas. It's a little corny, but we have a very Murray Christmas with a daily schedule that's flexible. (laughs) I love that. Okay, so for anyone that doesn't know, Anika's last name is Murray. (laughs) Okay, so you have a very Murray Christmas. So what kind of things make it Murray? Well, we have lots of fun. We do Christmas movie marathons and bake cookies, make snow globes, gingerbread house, just the works. Uh, We also love to give back by donating and we can't pass by a red can without tossing in some change. Thanks to my youngest daughter who always points those out. And we just love picking out great gifts to support the foster kids through our church family. Oh, that's really sweet. I'm glad you share with us some of your Christmas traditions, because earlier you said that you like to call Christmas organized chaos. And well, we are talking about the gift of peace. And in the spirit of that, on a scale of one to 10, 
even through your organized chaos. How peaceful would you say your Christmas holiday is? Okay, Lauren, let me see. I'm thinking about it today. I'll say between eight and nine. I can definitely see that. So Anika, how do you keep your peace through the holidays? Christmas is my favorite holiday because it's the one time that literally all of the world pauses and acknowledge that Jesus has come. He is the Prince of Peace, right? So while I love Christmas carols, I love the ones which speak of peace and all that Jesus brings. I try to focus on those words and rest in the fact that Jesus is truly Emmanuel, which means God with us. Yes. We actually just sang um, Emmanuel at church last weekend. We didn't sing the whole song. We used it as like a response to a prayer. And it's so beautiful. A lot of people don't enjoy Christmas music, but I love it, mainly because I think I'm just so bad with lyrics that I can actually remember all the words to Christmas (laughs) Christmas songs. (laughs) Okay, so let me ask you this. With five kids— That's at least five teachers, and then at church, at least five teachers or volunteers that worship with your children. And then I'm sure you have some neighbors, and now let's think of your family, aunts, uncles, cousins, grandparents. Anika, how do you decide who to purchase gifts for? Because I would imagine that if each child wanted to buy a gift for each one of those people I just listed, it would get kind of expensive. Yes, you are right. And not to mention... I'm usually the classroom mom and responsible for coordinating parties. Oh, wow. (laughs) Uh, But I I like and we like to give practical gifts that will be of use. So for um, teachers, we would gift them with a favorite thing like a snack, a basket, or along with a gift card to a restaurant or craft store. We always gave to the elementary school teachers. But as my kids got older, I would ask them who they wanted to bless with the gift. Oh, that's a really good idea. My main thing is taking the guilt and obligation out of gift giving. We have taught our kids that gifts should be thoughtful and come from the heart. Also, my oldest is quite the baker. So we give homemade cookies to our aunts and cousins and neighbors. And then I have an entrepreneur child who makes beautiful handmade crocheted gifts. So that helps out as well. Yeah, I really like that you just said taking the guilt and obligation out of gift giving especially since Christmas has become so materialistic. And a lot of the time people feel obligated to purchase gifts, even when it's financially just difficult. You know, for me as a kid growing up, we always lived really far away from our extended family. My mom's side of the family was in Buffalo, New York, and my dad's side of the family was in Ohio. So travel was really not an option because of just how expensive it was. And driving 15 hours I mean, that does not equal a very Merry Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure, not at all. So we did make the drive a couple of times throughout the years, but definitely not often. So instead, my mom and dad would make Christmas really special for us. We would go see Christmas lights the week of Christmas. And usually on Christmas Eve, we would go to church around 4 o'clock. That was like the family um, service. And then we would come home to like shrimp linguine for dinner. And on Christmas Day, my mom would make her homemade lasagna, meatballs, and sauce, which is like the best ever. My mom is all Italian. And so whenever she cooks Italian, it's like so good. (laughs) The meal in itself really is a gift. And it only happens once a year on Christmas. And that is it. (laughs) That sounds amazing. Okay, Laura, you are making me so hungry. I know. I'm making myself hungry. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, we would just spend the day, the four of us, eating well, enjoying our new gifts, and watching Christmas movies. It was just kind of like we were all hanging out. And now we are all older and married, so our traditions have changed a little bit. But we definitely keep that lasagna tradition no matter what. So do y'all have any Christmas traditions that you do every year? Yes, we do. Now, we usually travel during Thanksgiving, and my parents come to visit us for Christmas. Early on, we would drive eight hours to visit extended family in North Carolina. But as our family grew, we realized we wanted to be at home and make memories of our own for Christmas. One thing the kids love is that every Christmas Eve, I write a special note about the reason we celebrate and special instructions for Christmas Day. Even now that I have two in college, they remind me not to forget the note. I found out last year that my daughter has kept the ones I have written for the last decade. (laughs) Yeah. And of course, we have to dress up in our Christmas pajamas and eat a huge breakfast together. Oh, we actually dressed up in matching PJs last year with my husband's family. And it was the first time I have ever done that. And it was really fun. And it really did make for some really great Christmas pictures. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I want to spend some time quickly talking about the real reason for the season. I think that sometimes that can get lost pretty quickly when we are so busy trying to get through the holiday and trying to make it magical for our children and figuring out where we're going to be and what time and how long and what dish we need to bring, yada, yada, yada. (laughs) You know all the things. So you've been in ministry for over 25 years. You know the reason for the season. But for any of our listeners right now that maybe don't know, what can you tell them? Well, it may sound a little cliche, but Jesus is truly the reason for the season. God came down to us, and that is the greatest gift. If you read in the book of Matthew and Luke, chapters 1 through 2, you will be able to read about the birth of Jesus. Basically, Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but right before they got married, Mary became pregnant, and Joseph obviously was very confused and wanted to break off the engagement. But he had a dream and an angel in the dream tells him to not be afraid and to take Mary as his wife, that the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Matthew 1 and 21 says, and she will have a son and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Yes. In episode 17, I invited my friend Aaron on the podcast and we talked about the gift of salvation and being saved by Jesus, the forgiveness of our sins by the grace of God so that we can have eternal life in heaven, which is a gift. And just like any other gift given to us, we have to accept it. And when we accept this gift of salvation and we repent our sins, we are basically declaring and believing in our hearts that Jesus loves us and he gives us grace and he forgives our sins and that we will have eternal life with him in heaven. So if Jesus wasn't born, then this could never be possible. And that's why Christmas is so special. The reason for the season. (laughs) Exactly. When we accept Jesus in our hearts, we are choosing to believe in him and we follow him. And it's a gift because he guides us on our path. He helps us. He counsels us. He is our light in the darkness, our hope and our joy. And this is unmerited undeserved, unearned, no strings attached. It is a privilege. We get all this because Jesus loves us and we choose to love him back. But Jesus gives us another gift. 
I mean, really, he gifts us all the time, (laughs) but today we want to talk about how he gives us the gift of peace because he is the gift of peace. You mentioned earlier, Nika, you said that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Yes. And in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, Isaiah prophesied about Jesus. The book of Isaiah is part of the Old Testament, which means it's the first section of the Bible before Jesus was born. So in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it says, A child is born to us, a son is given to us, and authority will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and Prince of Peace. I love that. If we want to know and understand what peace is, then we really need to know and understand Jesus because he is the Prince of Peace. So, Anika, how would you describe peace? What is peace to you? The peace of God is what keeps me grounded. The Bible tells us in Psalms 34, verse 14, to seek peace and pursue it. When you seek and go after peace, you will find it. I used to think that a home and a family thrived on order, which I try my best to maintain. But in reality, I found that my home thrives on peace, which comes from a daily relationship with God. Ooh, that's really good, Anika. (laughs) I like that. I looked up the definition of peace, and in the dictionary, it says that peace is being free from anxiety, being free from stress, having freedom in any disturbance. And at Christmas time, I think there are a lot of disturbances that steal our peace. We've talked about them earlier, and we've even mentioned them in our last episode when we shared the recipe for being happy. So how would you say we get our peace back if we lose it? And how do we keep our peace during Christmas so that we stay focused on the real reason for the season? Well, Lauren, we make room for Jesus. When we make room for Jesus, he gifts us with peace. Shalom is the Hebrew word for peace, meaning nothing missing, nothing lacking, wholeness and completeness. Take time to study the word, specifically the story of Jesus and of how he's born. Jesus gives us peace, and when we accept it, then we have peace within us. We then can share that peace with others. Yes, that is great advice, Anika. I like how you mentioned to make room for Jesus. Because if you study scripture, you will read in Luke chapter 2, verse 7, the word says that Mary gave birth to Jesus and wrapped him in a cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. There were literally no rooms available for her to have her son. So while in Bethlehem, Mary made room for Jesus. It doesn't say that she cried or got upset or frustrated because the rooms were full. It says that she had Jesus, wrapped him in cloth, and then laid him in a manger. And when I try to process and imagine little baby Jesus, a true miracle, just laying in a manger, all snuggled up, I bet that was a truly peaceful scene. For sure. And just think about all the angels singing later that night. Glory to God in the highest and peace to his people on earth. I'm glad you brought that up because we see that a lot at Christmas. We see it written on Christmas cards and we sing it at church. But let's just talk about that for a minute. It's actual scripture from Luke chapter 2, verse 14. It's not just some Christmas saying. There is deep meaning in what you just said there. Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those 
with whom God is pleased. And this peace is not just harmony between people. That is part of it. But this peace, the peace on earth that the angels are singing about, is a declaration that a Savior is born. And having a Savior brings peace. It's a huge relief. And Jesus is born, our Savior, and He saves us from our sins. We give God all the glory for this because He made it happen. Now stick with me here. God made all this happen so that we can be declared righteous by faith through Jesus, so that we can have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That is straight out of Romans chapter 5, verse 1. And only when we live at peace with God and submit to His ways will we have peace within ourselves and then with others. And that, my friends, is a blessing. <laughs> that is a gift. That's so true, Lauren. I love that. I would just add that not only is peace a gift, it's also a promise of God. When we fix our eyes and our hearts to focus on Him, we receive that promised gift of peace. Yes, you're right. It is a promise. And in John chapter 14, verse 27, it says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. If we want to accept God's peace, then we need to submit our hearts to Him fully. He tells us to not let our hearts be troubled. Basically, He's telling us to not stress. He tells us to not be afraid and trust me. I know that is a lot easier to say sometimes than really do. But I think that if we keep our eye on Jesus and we keep our focus on Him, our fears just naturally subsides. And here at Christmas, when we worry about buying gifts and traveling and cooking and hosting and the financial burden, we can be rest assured that when we keep our focus on Jesus and we celebrate Him and we celebrate His birthday, He will give us all the peace that we need. He never promised that we won't have obstacles in life. He promises that we can be at peace in the midst of hard circumstances, financial, relational, and physical. Just like you said, It is a promise. It's a gift and it's a promise. Yes. And Philippians chapter four, verse six through seven also tells us to not worry about anything and instead pray about everything so that we can experience God's peace. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Now that's a promise. It sure is. That is such a great scripture. Have you ever experienced this type of peace, like a peace that truly exceeds anything you could ever understand or imagine? Actually, recently on the way home for Thanksgiving, My mom was admitted to the hospital just as we were driving down. Oh my gosh. Yes. Even though we didn't know at the time all that was going on, I had this incredible sense of peace and calm. My heart was to pray and not worry. I knew things would work out and actually they did. She was home with us on Thanksgiving morning. (laughs) Oh, I'm so glad that she's okay. Yes. Thank you. And I bet having that peace just made you just made things so much better. Hebrews 12:14 tells us to make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. And as we get together with our family and friends for Christmas, this is really important. 
It's really important even when we aren't with our family and friends because at any given time, God can use us for His good. And just maybe while we're shopping or standing in the checkout line or at a restaurant, people can see Christ through us. So Nika, what are some practical ways we can practice being holy so that we are leading others to Christ? Well, we can take on God's character by studying it and learning about it. It will transform our hearts, our minds, our thoughts, words, and actions. Then we be an example to others of what that looks like. Think about how you would want kindness to be shown to you and do that for someone else. Like cook a meal, babysit, send a card, just call a friend to encourage them. Most people focus on opening presents. Instead, let's focus on being present and being open. And what I mean by being present is offering those kind words, making compliments to other people, being encouragement by building others up and really listening to the Holy Spirit. And he will speak words to you to give to others and just be open, be open to help others when they need it. Look around for those who are hurting and needing in your needy in your own family and beyond. Give the gift of yourself during this time. Wow, I love that. Focus on being present and open instead of opening presents. Anika, I've really enjoyed chatting with you today, and that right there was just liquid gold. (laughs) As we begin to wrap up, do you have any last thoughts you would like to share with our listeners about Christmas or peace or maybe both? Just a reminder that Jesus came to bring us that peace and joy. Focus on him and those things will come. Well, guys, that's it for today. We hope that this Christmas season, you accept the gift that Jesus gives you and that you come to know the Prince of Peace. Just as the Lord told Moses in the book of Numbers, chapter 6, verses 24 through 26, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining in today and listening. We can't wait to meet you here again at First of Maine, your avenue to living well. From both Debs and I, peace be with you all. We wish you a very Merry Christmas. And from Anika, she wishes you a very Murray Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Remember the reason for the season. Don't stress and enjoy the holiday with a peace that exceeds all understanding. Mm -hmm.